G'day, and welcome to Feed for Thought, a regular podcast from Pioneer covering everything from farm systems to crops and products and much, much more. Hi folks, I'm Wade Bell and uh, really excited with this week's podcast. I've got a couple of new people in the studio, but uh, before I introduce them, uh, we've got Matt Daly, who is a regular, obviously. And uh, this week, we've managed to nab a couple of our Aussie neighbours, uh, contractor friends from the they, other side of the ditch. Go on, walk about. Go on, walk about. It's a long way from home, I must say. So... Uh, so really good to have Hayden Bowden and Daniel Rethis. Uh, like many of our listeners have, have tried to give us a bit of feedback and say, hey, look, we're, we're really keen to hear from some of the practitioners in the industry. Uh, before we really get into the thick of uh, some of the questions, uh, Daniel, perhaps you could give us a little bit of insight into what your business is about over in Australia and where you're from and, and kind of just how things have been playing out. Yeah, so we're a family-run business. Um, Dad started the business back in 1986 um, doing pit silage. And I think 2004, we bought our first chopper and now we've, we've got three choppers, but we run two, one as a backup, an older chopper that we run is just sits in the shed ready to go just in case we have a, a hiccup. Yeah, I'm sure that doesn't um, happen too often. Oh, not over <laughs> here, Wade. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so the business has expanded over the years, you know, cultivation work, direct drilling, stuff like that. Um, so basic agricultural contracting services. And then I think about five, no, maybe seven years ago, we had an opportunity to um, go into the quarry business. Oh, we sell about 50,000 tonne of ag lime a year, which heads north from where we are. So we're down in the southwest of Victoria, um, an hour east of South Australian border, yeah, so. Beautiful. Fair distances <laughs> to cover. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, Hayden, how about yourself? Yeah, so we're uh, southeast side of Victoria down in Gippsland and my father started the business 35 years ago. Similar thing, started into pit silage. Um, we do everything except small square bales, thank God. Um, <laughs> Are there no small lifestyle block owners? In, uh... Oh, yeah, there's plenty of them, but we just steer clear of them. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, so we've run a couple of choppers now and we'll, we'll swelter 14 to 16 staff depending on the season. Right. And what kind of crops are you guys covering outside of the, the grass silages and whatnot? Uh, so, yeah, grass silage, uh, but... Cropping, we do quite a few brassicas. Um, we do not do many beets like you do over here, um, but also, yeah, we grow a fair bit of corn and it's a fairly big growing industry here yeah. where we are. Yep. yep. So, so we're, we're a bit the same, brassicas, yeah, maize, and, yeah, just, uh, you know, annual ryegrasses and pasture silage and stuff like that. No, we don't do a lot of cereal. We used to do a little bit. There'd be the odd bigger job that they'd do a bit of cereal and stuff like that, but... Uh, not many people do it down our way anymore. And on the maize side of things, is it, it's all silage or you got some grain as well? All or, silage. All silage, yeah. Yep. What's that market been doing in the last five years? For us, it's been fluctuating. Um, it's We've slowly grown the business that we, you know, we'd only do a couple of jobs a year sort of thing, smaller jobs that might have been only eight hectares or and that and but the, <laughs> it's yeah. a big job yeah. if you're in the Taranaki. <laughs> it's only one job for the year and then oh, i reckon over the last 10 or 15 years we've been working alongside one of our agronomists um and we're slowly growing it and getting guys to plant more and more of it each year yeah so uh this year i think we planted 700 hectares all up the biggest job being 180 unfortunately we don't get to chop that job the farmer's got his own chopper but we still get to plant it yeah and I'll probably put that down to the fact that we've gone and bought a better planter 
got a little bit bigger gear and we can get over the ground a bit quicker. So, um, you know, we take a lot of pride in what we do, try to do everything right that the client's happy and it's just slowly growing. So so what's the what's the driver behind the growth that, you know, obviously the end users, you know, the farmers themselves, what's driving their uptake? Uh, what are you seeing? Definitely the the use of it in their ration and they're starting to see the benefits and utilisation of land is like mm. coming into it as well, utilisation of water efficiencies and... Yep. fertilizer efficiency is it they're they're crunching the ones and twos and trying to get every little one and two they can yeah. more bang for your buck yeah, yeah right so they're so they're really zeroing in on those growing efficiencies what crop's going to fit that yeah. uh and then what's going to fit well into the into the system we've got like our where we are it's quite you know there's, there's some really wet farms one um one of our clients he's been growing it for i don't know six seven years now and Normally in the winter, his production drops off, like it'll just drop off. And since he's been feeding maize, yeah, he said his production will just, it'll go up a little bit and it'll just hold. And he said where it would normally, you know, where the milk would normally um, drop off, it just holds all the way. So he's actually making money. It's money in the bank for him. So, and I think that's around our way. It's it's a lot like that because people just want that ration in the winter time. Yeah. Yeah, Hayden, we were talking earlier about um, some of the cultivation methods and you talked about moisture is important. Um, strip tillage, you've gone down that pathway? Yeah, so we've been mucking around since 2013 with strip tillage. Built me, oh, me and my father built our uh, first machine out of a 120-inch Howard rotary hoe. Nice. She was a pretty wild old <laughs> unit, but she did the job. But, yeah, we've outgrown that since built another system and, yeah, we planted 600 hectares with that this year just gone and, that's working well. Moisture retention and better fertilizer placement. Yep. Yeah, we're moving forward, and with the new varieties, we're definitely making it easier to grow a crop. So, what's the uptake of you know strip till was something that's uh, that we're, we're certainly seeing a little bit of here in New Zealand. Uh, some contractors playing around in that space. What's the sort of the uptake? Here? You know, what's the scale of it in, in so, Australia? So, in our our area, it's pretty well everything's strip tilled um, in our direct area, but definitely. Everybody's asking questions, or everybody's wanting us to rock up. Of course, at 600 hectares with a, a six-row machine, we're pushing it uphill. Um, we can't really do much more, but it, it's it's a growth area, that's for sure. Nice. And so, within season, like obviously, moisture is a big thing for you. We we seem to catch a, a lot of it, and we have a, little, a lot yeah. of moisture of late. But um, what are some of the challenges within season that you guys typically see? Definitely moisture. It's moisture. either one end of the Richter scale or the other. Being <laughs> Australia, we can be pretty arid, but yeah, Daniel's got it pretty wet over there yeah, at the moment. And- so at the moment, we're quite wet. Um, and we had a very, very wet spring last year. Crops went in late. Um, and then we had to try and get them off at the other end. And yeah, we had a lot of trouble towards the end of the season. But yeah, it can just turn like that. And that's the general feel at the moment. The ground's waterlogged. We've got plenty of water, but we just get that feeling that once, once it shuts off, it's going to shut off. So. There's guys talking that, you know, they're going to try and stick their maize in early this year and, yeah, that's the general feel over there at the moment where we are. Now, you know, we always like to compete with the Aussies and and I'm sure all the listeners are going to be intrigued. Yield. What sort of yields do you typically get? You know, this is, a, you know, we want to measure our yields versus yields. That's a, that's a classic thing to have to do with our Aussie neighbours. <laughs> what, what do you experience generally and what are the range in yields that you're achieving? So we're getting them to tell... Us yeah, first, and then we can tell. I'll play Wade. Yep. <laughs> so, seeing as we're being stitched up, <laughs> our, our dry land yields, we can uh, we can be quite happy with 13 to 15 yeah. dry matter ton. It's all relative with how much commodities you put in or how much effort you put into it. 
But yeah, upper end of the yield in, the, in over in the McAllister, sort of 70Ks north of us where they're into the irrigation, a little bit more warmth. And there's nothing to see 23s, 25 tonnes. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah very good. Yep. So we're, we're a bit the same. Um, a lot of the stuff that we do is irrigated. Um, so yeah, we're up around the 18, 20, 22 mark. Dry land, very similar to Hayden, yeah, 13 or 14. Some some crops we've had, you know, 16, 17 tonne on a dry land crop if the year's right. So it's pretty impressive. Yeah. 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 And um, you, you mentioned com- commodities there. Yeah. See how I've dodged us talking about our yields? Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned commodities. We use a lot of effluent on our, particularly on our dairy farms for growing crops. Is it, that's a common practice over there with in conjunction or is it cropping land that's normally servicing a, a dairy unit? Yeah, definitely. Effluent is a, another growing sector over home and, yeah, all our effluent ponds are generally pumped to our corn paddocks. They are definitely yep. uh, utilised. Probably not so much where we are, but it is starting to grow. Um, definitely compost and that. The guys are starting to really um, go down that path now. So, yeah, it's something that's definitely growing. So in terms of, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll have a few contractor uh, growers ourselves uh, that, are, that are listening. Uh, what are the, some of the things that you've got in your own minds in terms of the future of your businesses and, and the growth of your businesses? You know, I think of things like technology, you know, you know, different practices, cultivation practices, you know, responding to some of the challenges. You know, where do you see your, your business heading in that space? Just keeping in front of the eight ball with anything and, and keeping an open mind on, on what what's coming through. Um, selective uh, weed spraying will be something that will come in the future, green on green spraying. Anything and everything like that, because you, you, you can never say this is what we're going to do for the rest of what yeah, we for mm. our careers. Um, robots aren't far away. You know, autonomous tractors yeah. aren't far away. Labor's a, a big issue for us in Australia. Year, year on year can be different, but autonomous tractors, I say, bring it on. <laughs> bring it on. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, it's pretty comforting when you've got this big paddock to throw it out in. Our little paddocks here in New Zealand, it's a bit worrying with all the fences we've got. So. Yeah. And hills. And hills. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you guys are here for a little bit longer. Um, what are you hoping to see uh, around New Zealand or and getting in contact with a few contractors? What are, what are some of the questions you'll actually be asking them? Planning practices. Yeah, we all love to chop it. We all love to grow it and see it grow. But we've got to get it in the ground. We've got to get it established. That's the number one goal, as far as I'm concerned. Everything else will take care of itself. Um, disease pressures and whatnot. But yeah, getting the plant established and healthy at the start. That's that's the key. Nice. One thing I'm really interested in is the short varieties you guys are growing over here. We don't really have that. I think the what, shortest. What maturity you guys? Well, most of it's 90 day. Yeah, where we are. Uh, it ranges from 90 days up to 102. But, yeah, the shorts, that's what we're really interested in because, we, we're you know, our window's so small, we we need to get them in and get them off. So that's one thing that we're really interested in. It would be quite interesting to follow. I mean, especially in our northern regions, we're, we're definitely seeing on-farm a, a shortening up of, of maturity as well. So. Hey, look, guys, uh, just sort of conscious of time, and, and I know you guys don't follow the rugby, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway because <laughs> we do have the World Cup coming up and, and I want to throw these guys under the bus anyway while they're in our, in our uh, neighbourhood. A prediction for the World Cup rugby? 
Oh, come on. We've got to say the Aussies. Yeah, yeah, of course you do. You must <laughs> no, be. I reckon you guys have got it hands down. Yeah, oh, yeah. There we go. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Beautiful. Three to one. We'll let them out. Yeah. We'll let them yeah. out of a room. Yeah. Yeah. No, very good. Hey, look, guys, really appreciate you uh, you coming on. I know it's not always an easy thing uh, to jump onto a podcast and just talk freely about your, your businesses and what's going on. So appreciate that. Uh, and to our listeners, we'd encourage you to uh, to like and follow our podcast. Certainly share it around with uh, with your friends. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening and tune in next time. 